Welcome to the Redshirt Collective, a Star Trek watch-along podcast where we analyze and talk about all seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation from a radical leftist perspective. So energized with Earl Grey tea and chocolate from The Replicator, set your phasers to fun, and prepare to engage. Ready, Captain? Yes, Captain. Make, Make it, it so. so. Welcome aboard. Hey, Nick. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Uh, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about season one, episode two, The Naked Now, Ugh. a.k.a. The Gang Gets Drunk. Ah, <laughs> uh, The Naked Now. So uh, what happened in this episode? Oh, well, this is a very horny episode. So in episode two, we rejoin the crew of the Enterprise as they're on their way to investigate a loss of contact with the SF Salkovsky which had been assigned to observe the final days of a dying red supergiant star. Upon making contact with the ship, they're met with the voice of a horny woman, hoping that they have lots of pretty boys aboard because she is ready. Yes, bitch, get it. (laughs) Riker and Data go over to the ship to check it out and discover the remnants of, as Data puts it, a wild party. Geordi LaForge and Tasha Yar discover a bunch of frozen crew members... Jordy unwittingly touches one of them, getting a strange residue on his hands. See, this is pre-COVID days, so they didn't know you should always wash your hands before you come back to the ship. Mm -hmm. The team realized with a chill that the entire 80-person crew is dead. Can I just tell you that your recap is already better than the episode? Does that bode badly (laughs) for for episode two? (laughs) It's not great. It's not not great. Uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher is analyzing the data from the ship, but can't find a cause for their deaths and seemingly strange behavior. While being checked out in sickbay, Geordi's scans come back clean, but he starts sweating heavily and becoming belligerent with Dr. Crusher, (laughs) using, like, grade school insults. (laughs) I guess that was supposed to be him drunk, but it was so... Childish and ridiculous. I just, I just like that we go from heavy sweating to heavy petting as the episode progresses. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good tagline for this mm, one. Mm. Meanwhile, on the bridge, Riker has the idea that something this, something this particular, meaning this particular, you know, circumstances may have happened somewhere before, and he commands Data to scan through various records to see if he can find anything. And yes, all of them, Data. All the records. <laughs> Back in sick bay, Jordy wanders away and Bev calls for security to go find him. We cut to Wesley's room where Wes is showing Jordy his handheld tractor beam that he made for a science project. Why does that sound dirty? <laughs> because Wesley's horny for tractor beams. <laughs> As he should be. <laughs> I know. I was like, why is this the episode where he has a handheld tractor beam? <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> hey, you want to take a look at my tractor beam? Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's a big old handheld tractor beam you there. <laughs> Wesley expresses remorse that he's not allowed on the bridge, and Jordy is overcome by heat again and abruptly wanders off. <laughs> Tasha Yar finds Jordy in the observation lounge staring outside. He grabs her and begs her to help him not give in to the wild things in his mind and then begs to be able to see like she does in shallow, dim, beautiful human ways. 
Yar takes him to sick bay and talks to the captain about the incident and that it is noted multiple times that Jordy has never expressed this desire before, which is significant for a future episode. Dr. Crusher explains that she does not believe this could be a disease as she is screened for those, which seems like very faulty logic. Like they're constantly encountering new weird alien things. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, you screen for a disease, but like, it could just be one that you don't know. Right. Like, wouldn't that be your first thought is like, oh, you know, this might <laughs> yes, be, like, this might oh. be a new thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nope. It doesn't, it doesn't check out with our limited knowledge. So it must not be <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> I guess not. As she's saying this, Counselor Troy mentions that she senses only confusion from Jordy and that it feels like he's intoxicated. She kept saying everyone's confused, which I thought was weird because no one was acting confused. They were acting very clearly uh-huh. horny. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> no one's confused. They're just drunk. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, at, at least it wasn't pain, pain. <laughs> You know, she got to experience a range of emotions. Great suffering. (laughs) No, just confusion this time. Okay. Back on the bridge, Riker and Data have found a record that a previous Enterprise experienced the exact same situation in the past and had developed a cure for it at the time, which is essentially the show acknowledging and even pointing out that this is a rehashed storyline from the original series, an episode called The Naked Time. Which is, again, a pretty bold move for episode two. You're already rehashing old storylines. Well, I, I, <laughs> and we're two episodes in. I think that they were, I thought about this, I think they were trying really hard to, like, make a strong link to the original series because they had the cameo in episode one mm-hmm. um, from What's-His-Face from the original series. And then you've got episode two, like, basically, they and they really, like, make sure that Riker emphasizes, like, oh, this has been seen before on... The Enterprise, you know, so I I feel like, okay, guys, we get it. Like, your show is still called Star Trek. We can connect the dots. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're all wearing the uniforms. (laughs) They have the same positions. They're on the Enterprise. Like, we get it. (laughs) Connection is made. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's similar to reboots today where, you know, it's like, uh, what is it? Girl Meets World or like. The new Full House, or I don't know, whatever, whatever the kids are watching nowadays, um, where they are just like so emphasizing that they have some of the original cast, and it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you want me to watch, and you want my kids to watch, right. sure. But it's like, yeah, it's Star Trek. We get it. Like people are gonna watch, or they're not. You don't have to try so hard. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, who wants to tune in for you to literally do the same storylines over again? Like, <laughs> I want something new. Yeah, I mean, because if, if you are drawing from fans of the original series, like, mm, like wouldn't you want to kind of tempt them with some new plot, plot lines, maybe? Upon hearing about this, Picard orders the cure sent over to Dr. Crusher at once. However, they note that this cure is made a long time ago, and maybe it's not going to work today. Mm-hmm. Cluing us into, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. We start to see the intoxication spreading across the ship, affecting security officer Tasha Yar, Kid Wonder Wesley Crusher, and many unnamed extras. Tasha basically eats some guy's face in the hallway because she's very, very horny and he is into it. 
Wesley uses a trick with the captain's voice to get everyone in engineering out of the control room and then takes it over, turning his handheld tractor beam into a repulsor beam, which somehow sounds even more sexual, (laughs) 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 to prevent anyone from getting in. He does allow the assistant chief engineer to come back in, who is visibly intoxicated and proceeds to pull out the power chips from the ship's engine or I don't know. What's going I, on in there. There, that was a problem that I had because it was like everyone's intoxicated, but this this one dude is apparently just reverting to childhood and like pulling out all these chips, <laughs> which it takes data like a long time to put back in in the proper order. So it's like, okay, is he drunk or is he like reverting to a childlike state but still like well that's why nothing made sense yeah because it's like they were saying okay everyone's intoxicated but like everyone just gets uncontrollably uncontrollably horny right as if that's the only thing like you would have people fighting you would have people crying like there's a lot of things that happen when you when different people get intoxicated not just everyone gets horny and that's it yeah also, since we have our little lefty goggles on, I think it's interesting that the guy who is acting like a child and hanging out with Wesley was an Asian dude. I was just about to, to say that. Yeah. All horny over someone. Yeah. So so he doesn't get to experience horny. Like, that's why I'm saying it's so bizarre that he's there like playing like a child where everyone else yeah. just is like DTF. You know, it's like, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he was literally playing like a child. Like, he pulled yeah. the chips out, and he just kept, like, tossing them in the air, like, Legos or something. It just was very strange. Yeah. So Yeah, that was a bit bothersome. I agree with you. Data, back on the bridge, <laughs> tries, has noticed that people are acting strange, and he tries to recite a peculiar limerick he heard in the <laughs> shuttle bay, but is quite gruffly cut off by Picard as it becomes apparent that this is a dirty limerick. <laughs> Picard tries to call Lieutenant Yar to get help with the staff, but it's evident she's been affected by the intoxication, so he sends Data to her room to bring her to sickbay. But Yar is on the prowl, dressed in a revealing outfit, and telling Data she wants to get boned down. (laughs) Yar and Data leave us to go bang it out after he confirms he's fully functional and programmed in a wide variety of pleasurable techniques. Okay, more on this later. Much more on this later. (laughs) Basically the whole rest of the episode. Yeah. Deanna Troy shows up very horny for Will Riker. And when he brings her to sickbay, Bev Crusher realizes he touched Deanna and then her. So they'll both be infected soon. I don't know when she figured out the touching was how it spread. It kind of seemed like out of nowhere that she suddenly, she was like mad at Will. She's like, you touched her and then you touched me. And now we're both going to be sick. And it's like, but wait. You never, like, told us that that's how it spread. Right. I actually only noticed the thing with Jordy noticing the residue on my second viewing of the episode when I kind of was, like, going back through for details. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of weird, too, is they didn't really make it clear how it was spreading from person to person. Yeah, I, I, I thought that I was foggy on that, and I was like, man, okay, so Dr. Crusher is angry, but about something that I knew nothing about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just kind of out of nowhere. And it's like, well, again, you could have been telling people to like wash their hands or wear a mask or, you know, wear gloves or like a hundred things. But she just let everyone run around all wild touching each other. Yeah, I mean, this was like the Alabama version of the Enterprise or something where like (laughs) 
No one wears masks or gets vaccinated. I, I, I didn't offend anybody. That maybe was really unfair. No offense to Alabama. No offense to Alabama, but like, you know, anyway. Yeah. Also wear a mask. Also wear a mask. Um, Thank you. Yeah. The cure from the old Enterprise situation isn't working. Surprise, surprise. It seems whatever this is has mutated over the years since the original Enterprise, even though it's not a disease. This episode was a fucking mess about, like, what this thing was. None of it made any sense. They never tell us what it... We we never get to find out what it was. Like The only thing they ended up saying about it was that it seemed... Because the other one happened when they were near, like, a dying star, dying dwarf star or something... And they were like, oh, it, <laughs> they were like, something about it makes the water inside your body turn to carbon di- like dioxide or something, and then effectively making you drunk. And I was like, that sounds like it would make you dead. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like that. Like, I don't feel like that would just make you drunk. I feel like you'd be fucking dead. Yeah. So, and also they never explain why data gets drunk. It's just no. like none of it makes any sense. Yeah, it's like maybe just spring for the extra couple hundred bucks to bring on like some kind of a medical, <laughs> you know, a medical consultant right. onto this episode. Or just say that it is a disease. Sure. You know, like however, like take the take the lazy route. But they wanted to be like, no, it's not a disease. But then they had like no... It's like it's not a disease, but it's spreading like a disease. Anyway. I feel like it's like it's not a disease, but it's not not a disease. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never said it wasn't wasn't a disease. <laughs> it's like, all right. Okay. Wesley Crusher still has control of the engine room, and Picard tries to sweet talk him into giving the controls back, but Wesley, even drunk on dying dwarf star juice, <laughs> manages to outmaneuver him intellectually. <laughs> Tricking him into revealing that he, what he wants done and signing off to do it himself. Sweet, sweet, sweet dwarf star juice. <laughs> Can't get enough. <laughs> Wesley even calls Picard Skipper, and I fucking died. I could watch that scene like 500 <laughs> times in a row. It's so good. Oh. Data comes into the bridge, smashed off his face, covered in Tasha Yar's <clears throat> intoxicating residue. <laughs> Of <laughs> Crusher comes to the captain's room all horny, but they manage to not give in to temptation, even as Picard is showing early signs of intoxication himself. The collapsing star that they're near implodes and shoots out debris, one piece of which is headed straight towards Enterprise. Because the power chips have been pulled out in engineering, they're not able to move out of its path. Data comes down to help put them back, but even in his... Ad- Even with his advanced pace, they're still a minute shy of getting power back before impact. Wesley realizes that he can apply the technique he used to reverse his handheld tractor beam Mm -hmm. to reverse the ship's tractor beam to push the Salkovsky into the rock, earning them critical seconds they need to get away. Picard acknowledges to the crew that Wesley was instrumental in saving the ship and agrees with Riker that it should go in his file. Somehow, through the haze... Bev Crusher manages to create an updated cure that works and their crew is returned to normal. Tasha Yar walks up to Data and tells him it never happened. Data looks confused. Picard says he thinks they'll end up with a fine crew if they can all ignore temptation. Riker and Troy exchange uncomfortable, horny looks and our crew sets off for their next adventure. Ugh. 
I, I mean, <laughs> I, and and let's like it's so bothersome. That's exactly the reaction I was going <laughs> for. Like Picard and Riker are the two who like oh. kind of resist right up to the end. Like you know, mm-hmm. because of course in this like well, they're very strong men. I, I was just They've gonna say in, in this mythical like patriarchal like. You know, the neutral male. I mean, that was like the the perfect example of the neutral male who is, you know, just uh, riding it out. I mean, you know, unaffected by all of this (laughs) and, you know, refusing the advances of of these very horny women, you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, such a regular occurrence to just be like minding your business, <laughs> trying to fly a spaceship, well, and horny women are just Star Trek themselves would have you think you. so. Yeah. <laughs> Given a lot of the upcoming episodes, it does seem like that is a reality in their situation. Is these like these? Uh, I love that the storyline for them or the narrative is that they've achieved gender equality, so now women are just like horny and all over the place. Right. Right. Because <laughs> you know, that's like the, the, it's like oh, <laughs> it's cool for them. Like like we've liberated them, yeah. so they're able to just be all all horny and seductive all the time. That's a bunch of men writing that storyline of what liberated <laughs> women you. look like. You know, <laughs> it's like um, yeah, dude. Like yep. that's this is the neckbeard version of what. Like, <laughs> so before we get into the details i will just say i think this is a very and i may have said this last week as well but i think this was a very bold choice for a second episode because for many reasons i mean first of all it's just very horny which is like a weird note to start off you know a philosophical sci-fi show on but also, um, you know, this is this, the second time we're meeting the crew. And yet again, they're in these strange circumstances where we're not really seeing them as they are. We're not really getting to know them very well first yep. before they're putting put in this this weird situation. So as a fan and someone who's watched the series multiple times. It's a fun time. I can laugh at it and have fun with these characters. But if you were brand new to the show, I feel like it would be pretty jarring and weird and not not as enjoyable because you don't you don't get why so many things are so funny. Uh-huh. Like like it was wild to see Bev openly be sexual with Picard uh-huh. because we know their entire, you know, storyline and history, but as a new viewer, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that this was like something pretty exceptional that you were seeing. Yeah. Anyway, I just hold to the fact that I think this episode should have been like mid-season fun and the first epi- episode shouldn't exist because it sucks, <laughs> but <laughs> were it going to, it actually probably should have been the season finale of like, okay, we've been with these people for a season, we've seen right. how good they are or whatever, and now we're meeting this like immortal person who's going to be this big bad for future seasons who puts them on trial it just would have made a lot more sense so anyway that's just my critique of the lineup is i just think this is a very weird second episode yeah it it, there's nothing about this episode felt natural like i felt i felt really (laughs) confused a lot of the time and i was like wait so it's a virus like virus not virus it's spread apparently by touching. I guess it makes some people childish and some people drunk and some people horny. And it makes Jordy just do like weird things. Like I, I never mm-hmm. quite figured out what it was doing to him. Um, you know. Yeah, I think it was interesting that Jordy didn't get to be horny either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially knowing his like quasi incel kind of 
behavior in later seasons. I know. It's just a little interesting that even this early on, he was not allowed to be sexual. Yeah. and Well, everyone else is being sexual, you know? And I, But, I mean, jumping off of that, like, I was so bothered because, like, you know, like, Tasha Yar comes out. I mean, I know we have lots of... We should just call this episode mm. the Tasha Yar story, but... Like, there was this really interesting paradox in that she comes out in this, like, revealing outfit, which was definitely, you know, written by a bunch of men in this writing room about the outfit she's going to wear. And my first thought was, wow, that's rather attractive. My second thought was this poor actress (laughs) because, like, she gets this line, which was really disturbing to me. She gives this line of her backstory that sounds like, super deep, really interesting. I'm very disturbed at the fact that there are intergalactic rape gangs in the 24th century. This is like, and I'm thinking like, this is this disturbed like person who like, how how did she get here? What's her story? Oh, it's so that we can look at her boobs. Like that, you know, like, like that's the, that's the end of this storyline here. And it kind of pissed me off because I was like, why doesn't like, why doesn't she get a story that, that goes beyond that? You know? Yeah, and I think the context in which it's brought up as well is what makes it so problematic because if I if I take if I look at just the conversation that she and Data had, uh-huh. it actually is pretty touching. And I don't know, I just think it's like a it's a, a really beautiful moment. But unfortunately, it's wrapped inside this context that makes it really, really icky. Yeah. You know, it makes her trauma something that they're using to push this sexual narrative. Yeah. And, you know, as someone, I haven't experienced anything that severe, but, you know, I was groped on a bus once. Um, It was just very shocking the way it happened Mm -hmm. and very upsetting. And I know for me, like, I did want to reclaim my body sexually afterwards. So I do like the idea that there's narratives out there where sometimes you're a victim and you do want that afterwards. Sometimes you're a victim and you don't want to be touched for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways to process trauma and a, and a lot of different ways to reclaim your sense of agency. Uh-huh. And I think that this could have been a really cool storyline for her. I think it could have been really amazing representation. But yeah, they they objectify her first. Yep. And they use it as this narrative of like, there, there's a really problemat- problematic narrative in media for victims of sexual abuse that it's like, or trauma that, I don't know, it's weird. It's almost like it makes us more sexual. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the male fantasy of, like, dealing with our trauma is you get to just be the big man who comes in and fucks us after. Yep. And then makes it all better. Yeah. And there's no, like, sitting with the reality of of what that looks like, of what, what processing that trauma looks like or what someone who has processed that trauma might act like or or speak like. You know, it's just more of this, like, Oh, I just I I just want this person to be a victim in a way that makes me feel like a man. Yep. But doesn't make me have to like actually sit with the reality of what they've experienced. And that's just so tied into the messaging that 
um, even like like that boys get this toxic masculinity mm-hmm. of because I, I just I, I mean that was just you know ground into me as as a kid on all the media that I saw is that you're the protector and and in many ways like the protector of the so-called purity or whatever of these of these you know women who are who are basically sexual objects and so the way to be a real man is to be the protector you know savior type of thing um mm-hmm. and it it just you know it sets people up for codependency and abusive relationships and all kinds of problems and it's such a shame that they made that choice here too because like you said it is kind of a touching interaction in many ways and the fact that data is programmed to basically be like a sex toy is pretty is kind of cool interesting like i was like oh wow okay so, you know, he can't he can't put the fucking microchips back on the on the ship's core, but <laughs> he can do some stuff in the chambers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's fully functional. He's fully functional. So. Well, and and just also knowing how much data wants to be human uh-huh. and how curious he is about all human experiences and also that he struggles with people seeing him as a person uh-huh. because he's not human, uh-huh. you know, this uh, this could have been a really beautiful moment of two people who have different traumas and different life experiences coming together to kind of heal each other. Yep. And I think, like, one thing that I do find really beautiful about this interaction, even though, again, in the in the greater context, it's not great, is, like, Data just, like, listens to her. <laughs> And he's so empathetic (laughs) and he's just like, I didn't know that. Like, I'm so sorry you experienced that, you know, and he's, there's nothing in him that's like, oh, like he comes in and she's like half naked, (laughs) you know, and being all seductive Uh and he's just like listening and just hearing her and just kind of wanting to be there for her, you know, and he's excited when she says that she wants to have sex with him and he's down to clown, but like, he also just seemed really like in the moment of just hearing what she was saying and just, you know, being there if she wanted to talk or mm-hmm. whatever, he just seemed very like, that's why I think Data's whole thing is so funny every time he insists he doesn't have feelings right. because it's like, well, you like showed so much empathy and care in this, in this interaction and in so many others that it's clear <laughs> that you do yeah. and more so than a lot of, you know, humans. So I thought that that was all really nice i felt like the way i i just had wished that it was we were getting this interaction in a different context yes where and also where we could have had i was really upset at the end when tashiar's like that never happened i feel like that on so many levels was just like devastating <laughs> to data to me as a viewer yep. to the whole situation you know i mean She and even the way she said, like, I, you know, I don't love how her backstory of being gang raped came out of nowhere. But the way she said, like, I want gentle and I want pleasure and like, you know, is asserting it like I want to have control over the situation that I'm the sensations that I'm experiencing. And I'm asking you if you can provide that to me. Like, that was pretty badass mm-hmm. and pretty cool, yeah. you know? And, like, seeing a woman assert her sexual agency in that way, especially given that she has this trauma, I think could have been a really great moment. Yeah. 
in a lot of ways. And, and yeah, and having data there as someone who is receptive, but like did not have any intention of taking advantage of that or was even, you know, thinking about that was really cool. And again, I think if they had allowed that to persist, I think we could have seen them have some really interesting interactions with each other where they were kind of, again, working through, you know, being able to give each other something that they hadn't been able to get from other people. Yeah. And that would have been really beautiful. But instead we get this like, oh, ha ha, like you do stuff when you're drunk that you regret, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like the, oh, we were drunk excuse and then it's over. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, okay, so we pulled her tragic backstory out of nowhere to have her fucking android. And now we're playing that off as this like, it just very it very much struck me as another thing that happens in media a lot which is that someone will sleep with the a disabled person or mm. a you know very very socially awkward person and then say it didn't happen yeah and then it, and then it's like oh i basically like I trusted you to be someone I could use when I needed. Yeah. And now you're supposed to understand that that was a one-time thing and go away yeah. and never talk about it. And it's embarrassing to me now. And it's <sighs> like, and uh, that's really shitty. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's further irritating to me because as you pointed out earlier, we don't know data and we don't really know Tasha Yar mm-hmm. at this point either. And so the episode is totally, like all the nuance of everything that we just talked about is completely lost on the viewer who's seeing this for the first time. You know, they're just like, she had sex with a robot. You know, like that's like the, like that's the extent that we can get because there's zero nuance to this. Um, You know, we've only known Data. And even Data, when he consents, he gives this goofy little smile, like like a nerd would of like, oh, "Oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. And it's like, yeah, as a new viewer, you have no context for how weird that is yeah. and how. But yeah, also like I agree. like like what, like what you said, like how sensitive and adorable it is, like gets missed yeah. in the fact that you're like you barely know these characters at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, and anyway. And I have a lot of thoughts in general about androids and pleasure. Mm. Because it, it taps in, into so many things, like just a general concept of creating a being that is going to have some level of sentience and some level of like desire for autonomy. Yeah. But then to perform a function for us, you know? And that's why, you know, I particularly love AI and androids and robots and stuff in sci-fi for that reason. I think it presents us with really interesting challenges uh-huh. philosophically about the way that we view things that we create. Uh-huh. You know, I'm someone who is an animal rights person, so it reminds me very much of like the arguments that we use for factory farmed animals of like, well, we bred them, so they're here for us to do whatever we want to them, uh-huh. you know, or um, animals that we use in laboratories, you know, same thing. And just also, I mean, it ties back into so many human atrocities as well. And I just was really, it felt like in the conversation that they had that led up to them having sex, Data was being treated as a person. Yeah. And then in Tasha rejecting him at the end, he was being treated as an android. Like you were here, you were programmed to do what I desired at the moment. Now I feel embarrassed about it and you need to never tell anyone and go away. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is actually, Nick, this is a perfect place for our words of wisdom from this episode. <laughs> Do tell. Because our words of wisdom from this episode come from Data himself. And there's this so there's this scene where he says, we are more alike than unlike, my captain, to mm. Picard. And that kind of drives home what you're saying is Data's kind of pleading for his humanity. Mm-hmm. His humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really... Which he'll do for the entire series. I was going to say, I think that's really going to be something that we see come up again and again. <laughs> and I will say, you know, hat, hat tip here to the, the show's creators that I think that is a theme of, you know, of, of, of pleading for humanity and, and pleading to be um, accepted, loved, uh, nurtured, um, that does come up again and again in, in the series in, 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 I think a, a fairly authentic way. Um, I might, I might take mm-hmm. that back later in season one. We'll see, but, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but at least right now, that's, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's really for me at the heart of my extreme disappointment, because somehow I've watched this whole series and somehow I did not remember this episode before I watched it for, you know, recording and I remember in a in a different episode it gets brought up that Data and Tasha had been intimate and I was like oh I guess that it happened off camera or something uh-huh. this is like a retcon or something you know I just didn't remember this episode somehow <laughs> and and I remember you know when it comes up Data says like she she didn't want me to tell anyone and I remember thinking, like, that sounds like an interesting story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what happened there. So anyway, just to just to go back and see that this is where that came from, having such a clear memory of finding out about it, but not remembering the episode where it occurred, it just was very disappointing to me that this is how it was handled. I want to think perhaps they would have done something with this later on. Like maybe Tasha and Data would have had these conversations that I wanted them to have where Tasha would have been like, you know what? That was pretty shit of me. And I'm sorry. I shouldn't be embarrassed about sleeping with you. But you know, she ends up leaving the show. Yeah. She, she doesn't last long. No, I don't even think she makes it all the way through season one. I I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't recall. Yeah. Anyway. Because I remember looking it up when I was watching, being like, geez, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Googling, like, why did she leave the show? Yeah. And, um, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this episode had a lot to do with why she left the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. After, like you said, being put in this ridiculous costume. And, and it's always hard to critique clothes because, I mean, people should be able to dress however they want and not have it mean anything. Right. But, like, the reality is the male gaze exists and there's ways to show things that are empowering and there's ways to film them that are not empowering. Uh-huh. And I just felt like this was, you know... There was so much emphasis, like literally probably every episode we're going to talk about until she leaves. Tasha, there's some emphasis on her being a woman, being attractive, someone being attracted to her. So, yeah, I don't blame her if if that was the reason that she left. Like, I don't blame her. You know, it's boring. Yep. And this connection that she made with Data that could have been really special was written off as like a joke. Yep. And then, so what does that leave her as an actress, you know? Yeah. I did this scene 
for what? And you had me fuck an android for what? Yeah. Like if if in universe this is going to be an embarrassing thing that I did that I'm ashamed of, like what was the point of yeah. that? Yeah, and and also like it's it comes in the context of like all this just like blatantly over the top like male gazy hetero kind of stuff because <laughs> it's like oh Riker and Troy wow oh Crusher says yeah I believe I believe Beverly Crusher's line was written in the 19th century it's like I haven't known the comfort of a man oh a husband I, I was like what the fuck just happened in this episode. I, died i'm so glad you brought that up because i just like died when she said that i'm like what are you about to pull like lace doily out of your pocket and be like oh like swooning like what is happening they do don't they have some like wild west holodeck episodes maybe it's just foreshadowing yes (laughs) yeah yeah because but yeah it's well i've said it before the show is aggressively heterosexual and this is part of it my god that episode was just so so hetero like you're telling me every single person on the enterprise or close to got drunk and we didn't see two girls or two boys making out anywhere yeah Come on. There, I mean, come on. That is definitely. If you're going to fuck an android, you're going to kiss your female friend who you always thought was kind of cute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. That, 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 that bothered me. It was so. <laughs> that was the least realistic aspect of this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. People up there just would have been like, masses of wriggling bodies in the hallway like who knows what's going in where everyone's having a good time like there's no way it would be just such um distinct pairings off you know and it just was very convenient too that it was everyone found like like deanna went and found will yeah and like she doesn't have a crush on anyone else on the entire ship yeah please come on please come on bev went and found picard like she doesn't have a crush on come on yeah Give me a break. And then Worf also never got sick. I know. I know. I, it was just. So he also didn't get to be sexual. I, no. He was very funny, though. Yeah. I mean, Worf, Worf does provide some comic <laughs> relief in, in, the, in the episode, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Data, <laughs> Data tried to say the limerick and Picard cut him off. Data goes, did I say something? And <laughs> Worf goes, I don't understand their humor either. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Yes. And it's really good to know. He just like rolls his eyes. He's like, I don't get their humor either. It's good to know that in the 24th century, we still have dirty limericks as like, you know, a go-to comedic source. The show is so written by boomers. It's so funny. It's like, Uh, yeah, it's hundreds of years in the future, but these limericks are still around. Yeah. And it's... And it's so funny because what was even the what was even the offending word? Was it going to be like penis or something? It wasn't even that funny. Yeah, like it was weird. Like it wasn't even like a man from Nantucket. Like it just it didn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that would have been too spicy for them. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so you have to talk about a woman whose body was shaped like a penis, which is not a, yeah. a limerick I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm before. like, where is this going? Like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> It's like a like a twelve year old tried to write a dirty limerick for, yes. the, for the show. I think there were a few twelve year olds in the writers' room for this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, anyway, I don't know if I 
Do you have any other thoughts? I really don't. I, I have some like inexplicable thoughts that I that I jotted down and now I'm looking at them <laughs> like what was Man, maybe I had the virus. I don't know what it was. <laughs> there, there was. I will say for all for all of the like you know relevance to this living in a, a COVID world, um, there were you know mm. no vaccine skeptics on the Enterprise. I mean, they were they were shooting that little thing into yep. the arms left and right. Yeah, they were sharing the same one as uh-huh. well. Did you notice? Yeah, <laughs> she just walked around with the same. Yeah. The same doohickey was like doing it to everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Bev, is that hygienic? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm, but yeah, it was, she just walked up and fucking did it to people. Yeah. No consent. No, I know. It was non consensual. But in, I mean, in a way that was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, you know, my, I'd, I'd rather us not all die from the, from the, from the star <laughs> juice or whatever you called it. I'm going to have to get, I'd have to get some of that. Yeah. I mean, if you do want to make any comments um, on, the uh, star juice, um, the dwarf star juice, or anything else from this episode, you can always email those to me um, at sauce.sep at gmail.com. <laughs> I love that you actually went and did that. I did. Like immediately. It wouldn't let me do, you know, it, it was bothersome to me that Gmail would not let me do sauce-sep because you told me that's what the, that's what the um, subtitle said. And so that disturbed me, but... Um, I, I will take sauce.sep. That's sauce.sep <laughs> at gmail.com. It is a real email address. I will respond to you if you email me at that address. <laughs> oh, I love it so if I, much. I, I tell you what, if I get one email at that address, the first one I get, I'm going to print out and frame and put it on my wall because <laughs> that's how much that email address means to me. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Well, I'll create a fake email address and then I'll email you from it and then I'll pretend to not know. Perfect. When you t- show me and tell me you're all excited. Now you've revealed the secret now, though. So now I'm going to be know. thinking about that. Now if I get a great email from someone that's, you know, about how wonderful my email address is, I'm going to be thinking in the back of my mind, was that Nick? <laughs> and you'll never know. And I'll never know. I'll never tell you. Oh, my God. Well, I wanted to know. I had a couple of random notes as well. Uh, this is the first time Wesley saves a day. So mark it in your journal. Mm. Mm. Mark it down for posterity. Ooh. It's the first time. Oh, can I comment on that? I, mm-hmm. you know, because I started typing a note about how I hate the science, like the scientific supremacy of Star Trek sometimes. It's like this idea that technology mm. is going to save us and technology is going to save the day. Yep. And I was typing it. And then as I'm typing, I go, oops, never mind. Fuck it. Wesley does it. Yay for the youth. (laughs) Yay for the youth. youth. (laughs) I like that Data couldn't do it and Wesley has to come do it. It's like. Yeah, it was kind of cool. You're right. The show was written by boomers. They were like, I can't make my, Mike, I can't make my iPhone work. They're like these these androids. They go off and get drunk, and then they just can't, you know, yeah. do the thing. Yeah. So like, you got to find something else. It was also very boomer to think that like the tractor beam wouldn't already be designed to also push things right? away. No one thought of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Or they couldn't like shoot a shoot a torpedo at it or something. Right. You know, just like anything that would push it away, but. Yeah, like Wesley had to come up with like, oh, I'll reverse the tractor right. beam. And it's like, no one 
in Star Trek history has ever reversed a tractor beam and this kid just like did it. It just seemed very weird. Wesley. Like you guys never needed a use for that before. You never needed to push something away in space ever. Wesley had to do the equivalent of like getting on FaceTime with, with your mom and like walking her through how to move her contacts from her like email to her, oh, you know, God. from one email address to the other. You're like, mom, you haven't done this yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what Wesley was like, guys, you haven't reversed a tractor beam yeah. yet? Like, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, we just go through here and then here and boop, boop, yeah. and then it's done. And it's like, really, no one has ever yeah. done that before? Yeah, they were like, okay. well, it, it only works when you do it. When I do it, it doesn't work. Yeah. They're like, Wesley, can you come reverse the tractor beam again? <laughs> and he's like, god damn it, guys, I set up a button. You just have to push the button. <laughs> Oh my god! They're like yes. we pushed the button. It's not working, Wesley. That's actually that. That's, that is so, that's so meta because that's like what this whole show ends up being at certain points. Wesley, we're all gonna die again. Can you come save the day? And he's like, "Ugh, fine." Uh, and then, and all he gets Coming. from it is hate. You know, people are like you know, know, shut up, Wesley. I'm like, no, you shut up. You don't talk to Wesley. You that shut way. up. You fucking boomers. You don't know how to do anything. I know. Wesley's got to come in and show you. I know. And you don't listen to him. Don't even get me started. We have so many episodes. <laughs> There's going to be so of much Wesley of this. Gloria had. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait. My sweet baby boy. Mm. Just saving the day left and right. Yeah. We get to watch him grow up. <sighs> we do. Okay. I- and then they ship him off. And then. I know. It all falls apart. But it's. Okay. I totally hijacked you here. So, okay. We were talking about some stray observations. Yeah, I I noted that it was kind of fun seeing everyone all sweaty. Oh, yeah. Just a random note, but it was kind of fun. It was funny to me thinking about the, uh, I don't know who does such things, but I'm assuming like the costume department uh-huh. or makeup team or somebody just kind of spritz, running around spritzing everyone. Or I was like, or I wonder, because it looked like none of their clothes were wet. Yeah, it just, just their was faces. like their faces were dewy. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. Like it was kind of funny seeing like Picard. <laughs> Start to get horny and intoxicated and wiping. Everyone kept like wiping the their top lip, which I thought was really yeah. funny because that is that does get sweaty when you get hot. I feel like that was a a nice detail. Or makeup or makeup was just like, guys, don't touch your face, just the lip. <laughs> just the lip. <laughs> it's the only part of your face you can touch. Um, and I wrote that this is basically the company Christmas party episode. Oh, it is. Which again, another <laughs> argument for mid season. Yes, exactly. They, they it's missed like, everything on okay. this. You know, I've joked about this for a long time, but I feel like everyone should hire me to consult on everything. Yeah. And it would just make things better. Yeah. It's like, guys, what are we doing? This posting schedule. No, no, no. Do it here. Call it this. Everything's better. I know. Anyway. Well, I... Uh, email sauce.sep at gmail.com if you want to hire Mike and I's consulting services. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, guys, I'm already hiring Nick for all my life consultancy. So it's really just, it's a subcontracting gig if you hire me at that point. Yeah. Uh, get me well. My rates are still pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then my my last note was, um, and it's funny because it's actually part of the words of wisdom that you brought up. But my favorite quote was Data saying, if you prick me, do I not leak? Data. Intoxication is a human condition. Your brain is different. It's not the same as 
We are more alike than unlike, my dear captain. I have pores. Humans have pores. I have fingerprints. Humans have fingerprints. My chemical nutrients are like your blood. If you prick me, do I not leak? <laughs> oh, Data. And Picard was just like, why is this fucking Android truck? <laughs> what is going on? Which also, like, Picard was all of us in that moment. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> yes. wait, Data gets drunk? Like, like, what just, what? what? Like, what's happening? Oh. And then Data like passes out. He just falls over and everyone just leaves him there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Oh. It was like such a bad episode, but also in a great way. You know, yeah. like it was fun. Not like the first episode where I was just mad and bored the whole time. This one yeah. I was like, I was having a great time. I was just like, this is all ridiculous. It makes no sense. But what a blast I'm having. We should that's a good idea actually that you mentioned. We should come up with a rating system like season 1 episode Ooh. 1 mad and bored. Season 1 episode <laughs> 2 confused <laughs> kind, kind of confused but still pretty funny. <laughs> like still laughing, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um oh my god, season 1 episode 2 my rating for it would just be a picture of Deanna Troy. Or a gif of Deanna Troy just saying, I'm sensing only confusion. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. Right? I'm <sighs> like, girl, you said it and we yeah. felt it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I'm be like, only confused. <laughs> on a scale of one to Troy, this was a full <laughs> Troy. <laughs> Dude, no. That is perfect. That is what it should be. We should pull all of her ridiculous quotes and use them to make a rating scale. Because oh. the worst one would be pain, pain, <laughs> loneliness, <laughs> oh, great anguish, perfect. and despair. <laughs> this is perfect. We're going to do more perfect. for her character than that writer's room ever did. <laughs> Dude, we need to give that baby a backstory. We need to, because oh. she was not handled well. No. As were none of the women. So Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I so true. This is our duty, is to do this uh -huh. for her. Her we could make up a backstory, too, as we go along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think okay. we should. Okay. okay. I'm down for that. Well, it might take us all of season one to compile a list of Troy quotes for ratings. Yeah, it's um, going to actually take that, yeah. But stay tuned, because so far they've all fit the episode that they were in. So I would say episode one was mm -hmm. pain, pain. Pain, pain. And episode two is I sense only confusion. Okay, well, let's keep this rolling for episode three and see if it holds up. Um, okay. You know, Let's do we'll, it. we'll have we'll, we'll have to give our we'll have to give our listener something to look forward to <laughs> in season two. <laughs> you know one that one who's going to send me the email at sauce.sep at gmail .com. You know that's where it all starts, though. That one that one person who follows you around and listens to all your stuff. That's right. It's a. Did you ever watch Flight of the Concords? Oh, did I ever watch Flight? Of, I mean, yes, like. What yeah. was her name? The their one fan. Oh right, and she was in other stuff later. God, she is so funny. She's in so much stuff. I'm now. embarrassed that I can't think of her name right now because she's very hilarious. <clears throat> I know, me too. I just watched What We Do in the Shadows 
yesterday as well. And I should remember because she's on that season. Mm. Um, all right, we're Googling it. Yeah, you. while you're Googling it, I just want to point out, this has nothing to do with our show, but like... Mel. The Mel. Mel is the name of the, and the character. And Kristen Schaal is the Yeah, Kristen Schaal. Yes, yes, yes. Ugh, yes. yeah. So you could... Listener, you are our Mel. Uh-huh. Don't make it weird. Yep. But also we need you and love you. But make it just a little bit weird because that's kind make of funny Make it a little sometimes. weird. But not like creepy weird. Not like, <laughs> not like restraining order weird. <laughs> or like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> just know. like, yeah, like episode two weird, but not like yeah. in a sexual way. Just like, yeah, I sense only confusion, you know? Yeah. Like make it the use of sauce. Our one listener weird. is like, I'm very confused. I don't know what you two want from me. <laughs> I'm sensing <laughs> and only I'm confusion. A <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a little weird. <laughs> like, I'm going to go. <laughs> and you know what, listener, I say uh, yes, yes, yes. I understand. Okay. Yeah. So, dear been. listener, uh, join us next week when we have to do our whitest best at analyzing the episode where Tasha Yar is wanted by the leader of a very patriarchal planet. And there's racial dynamics at play. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This one's gonna. I'm like, okay. I'm gonna have to like really bring my uh, my A game for this one. Just uh, just when I thought they couldn't have muddled anymore, um, they, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they yes. just they just uh, drunk a virus right into this one. Talk okay. about like throwback stuff. I always forget this episode because it feels like an episode that should have been on the original series and not mm. this series. You mm. know, yeah. it's like this super patriarchal culture, and Tashiar is just like objectified again. And having to deal with, like, oh, she's so attractive and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. <sighs> Man, if I was Tasha Yar, I would I, <laughs> I would just leave this. I would leave the Enterprise and then I would leave the show. Well, that's what she did. <laughs> yeah. I know. I fully support her. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't blame her one little bit. And it's interesting, too, because, like, um, the woman who plays Bev Crusher also leaves the show for a while. Mm, mm-hmm. And she stated having some differences with the showrunner, I believe. I forget his name. We'll learn it for future epi- episodes. But okay. it just it just is interesting to me. You know, yeah. when you have multiple women leave a show. Red flag. Like, What's going on there? Yeah. Big mm-hmm. red flag. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, we have to slog through. Next week will be us slogging through Tashiar, objectified security officer, <laughs> yet again. That's, that's all right. That's all right. We'll yeah. we'll try to we'll, we'll try to find it. some gems. <laughs> yes, as we always Hopefully, do. Hopefully, Dan and Troy has something profound to sense, and Data has something profound to say. That's, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Okay. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next time. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on our mission, comrade. To keep this galaxy-class starship chugging along, we need your help. If you like the show, consider supporting us by leaving us a good review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. Follow us on Instagram, share us with your friends, promote us on social media, or become a financial supporter of the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash redshirtcollective. Now, get off my ship. 